How many are ready for the word of the Lord? Let me hear you say amen. Yeah. We welcome our online audience that you're joining us today from wherever you are from around the world. If you're ever in our local area, though, we would love to have you stop in and join us. Please be our guest. We'd love to meet you. It's one thing to watch online, but it's another thing to be here in person, and we hope you get a chance to experience that. Today, we are continuing our series we call The Promises. How many know that we serve a victorious God? If you don't know that, you need to know that your God is a victorious God. We're down to the last two teams of the NFL season. Still, there's two teams with hope. But come next Sunday, there's only going to be one team standing. All the other teams are somewhere along the line. They started off the season with hope. You know, this is our year. This is going to be our year. Who'd ever thought that Cincinnati would be in the Super Bowl? Two years ago, they won three games. They're there. But we see it every year. At the beginning of every year, it's like a renewed hope. This is our team's year. We're going to do it. But as the season goes along, you gain hope and then you lose hope. And then maybe you gain hope toward the end and then you lose hope. And then maybe you're like, all right, we're, we're starting to play a little bit. When we squeak into the playoffs, there's new hope. My team's going to the Super Bowl. Only to have your team sitting at home with my team. <laughs> I had hope until the last 13 seconds. I had hope until I seen our kicker. I had hope. If we're not careful, our whole life is like up and down. Like it's kind of like the same way in our whole life. Our hope's up, it's down. We have hope, then we lose hope. How do we hang on to hope even when we feel defeated? How do we do that? I want to talk about another classic story. We've been talking about some of these great stories in the Bible during this series, and I want to hit another one today. It's the story of David and Goliath. The Bible says that the Philistine army was led by Goliath, and that the Israel army, and they were both sitting across from the valley on top of a cliff or a ravine, and, and there's a valley separating them. And it says that Goliath came out for 40 days, and he was this big, massive giant, and he challenged them to send their best warrior out. And whoever won that fight, the other one would serve the other army and be surrendered to them. Uh, you know, this whole big story and giants out there yelling and nobody stamping up and fighting. And one day someone orders DoorDash and David shows up delivering some cheese and crackers, you know, and he wasn't expecting it, but he shows up. His dad's like, hey, take his food down to your brothers, some snacks and Bring me back a report of how things are going. David walks up and he hears Goliath mocking God and the God of Israel. He hears, he hears Goliath mocking them. And he's like, is no one going to stand up? Is no one going to step up? Look what David's response is in 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? that he is allowed to defy the armies of the what God? The living God. In case you don't know that today, let me remind you, you serve a living God. Your God is not dead, but he's still alive. And the last time I checked, our God is still undefeated. We are still serving a living God 
who is undefeated, and you've got to quit giving up so easy, quit losing hope so easy, because your God's still alive. We serve a living God. He's never lost. David's upset that they're mocking God. Everybody else is losing hope. So how do you hang on to hope? Number one, write this down. you got to recognize the real giant. Recognize the real giant. Appearances can be deceiving. Samuel 17 spends the whole chapter pretty much talking about how big, how strong, how must the armor of Goliath is. And Goliath's the giant of a man. He weighs this much. He's 10 foot tall. He's, his armor weighs this much. His shield is this big. His sword is handcrafted this big. His helmet was handmade and this big. His shoes, I mean, all it goes on to detail about how big he is, how tough his armor is. I mean, there's a lot. The writer goes through a lot of detail to describe the physical strength and who Goliath is. Seriously, if we can be really careful, really honest, we know more about Goliath's physical appearance because of the writer than we even do know about Jesus' physical appearance. I mean, he spends a lot of time really describing to us how big, how strong, and how massive Goliath was. And if we're not careful, we can treat this the same way the writer here is doing, that we really know how big our giant is, but we forget how big our God is. We forget how big the God we serve is. We forget who the real giant is. And the real giant is not your problem. The real giant is your God. He is the one who's undefeated. He's the one who's never lost a battle. He's the one who's still the living God. He's the one who's in charge. He's the one who's large and in charge, right? He is our undefeated God. And so we got to remember the physicality of Goliath, and our problem may seem big, but our God is always bigger than our problem. This is how we live our life. We must remember the details. We, we remember the details of the giant. We remember the details of a problem. Some of you can sit down and tell me about your problem for all day long. I can say, tell me about your problem, and you talk, and I'd never get a word in all day. Because you know all the details of your problems and your problems. But if I ask you to tell me about how big your God is, you'd be finished in about two minutes. Why? Because we forget. Our eyes get magnified on our problems. Our eyes concentrate on our problems. And we, we carry it around. And it become giants in our life. And we got to remember who the real giant is in our life. You want to realize, who's the real giant here? It's not my problem. It's my God. The real giant in your life is not Goliath. It's not your work. It's not your boss. It's not your problem you're going through. Your real giant is your God. And the quicker you put your eyes on him, the quicker we can get to walking in faith with him and say, God, I'm trusting you, the more we can stop being intimidated by our problem and giant. Your God is greater. Your God is bigger and your God is victorious. You got to remember how big your God really is. Now, Here's an interesting point I want to give you. So here's some food for thought. I want you to chew on this this morning. I'm not saying this is actually true, but I think it's worth some thought, and I want you to put, present it to you today. Some, some commentators say and suggest that for Goliath to be that big, he suffered from uh, a giant disease and different ones cause you to outgrow your body shape. Now, there's, there's a difference between people just being tall 
and then people being a giant. It's not like he was seven point, you know, seven and a half feet tall, ready to play in the NBA. He, he was, some say he was up to 11 feet tall. He was really close to 10 feet is what we know. It's probably the average of what people guess him to be. Uh, 10 feet, he was abnormal. And his body structure would have been abnormal. His, his, his muscle structure would have been abnormal. His bone structure. If you've ever seen anybody who's ever had an abnormal growth like that, some of the tallest men and women in the world, when you study them, they, they were very slow movers. They, they hunched over many times. They had to walk with walkers and canes. and they, they, were, they were walking like very old people in their teenage years because their body grew so fast. And he points out, we don't know this, but maybe the armor was, you know, the Bible says he had to, someone carry his shield. He had someone carry his, his, his sword. Maybe that's because he wasn't strong enough to carry it. And maybe the armor was, was hiding a man who was really suffering from deformities. But they dress him up in armor. They dress him up and put him out there. And all he's doing is sitting out there yelling, blowing smoke trying to intimidate, and you know what's happening? It's working. Nobody's challenging him. No one's making him put his money where his mouth's at. No one's saying, come on down here, let's fight, big boy. Let's see what you got. Instead, they're saying, look how big he is. Look how big his armor is. Look how big. And they start getting scared and getting intimidated. Maybe, just saying, just something to think about. Maybe that was the the uh, intent all along was they never intended to fight. They just thought we put Goliath out there, they'll surrender, and we won't even have to fight. And I wonder how many of us are intimidated by a giant that really has no bite. I wonder how many of us are, are intimidated by a giant that's really not going to hurt us. It looks big. It's a big problem. Yeah, I, I give it to you. I'm not denying your problem's not big. I'm just saying your God is bigger. I'm not saying your problem's not real. I'm just saying your God's undefeated. And you got to realize who the real giant is in your life. David defeated Goliath because he came to him in the name of the Lord. Listen, when you walk in the power of the name of the Lord, you're not walking in your power. You're walking in his power and his power is undefeated. His power of his name has weight. It's more than just lip service. It's voice activated. And when I begin to proclaim, I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that every knee must bow at the name of our God. You, you just can't be, can't be afraid. Don't be intimidated to stand up to the Goliaths in your life. Don't be intimidated to stand up to your problems. Quit talking about how big your problems are and remind yourself how big your God is. Our God is undefeated. Undefeated in love and grace. He's undefeated in defending you and restoring you. He's undefeated in blessing you and protecting you. He's undefeated on heaven and in earth. He's undefeated on the cross, and he was undefeated in the grave. He was undefeated in hell, and he was undefeated in heaven. Your God is undefeated, and he's the living God. He's still alive today. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And number two, write this down. you got to remember your victories. Remember the times that God has brought you out. Remember, you're still here. Against all odds, you're still here. 
Many people said you wouldn't make it. Many people said you might as well give up. Many people said you'll give up on God. Many people said you wouldn't be here. But guess what? You're still here today. You're still standing today. You may be crying, but you're still here today. King Saul should have been the one to go out and to fight Goliath. The Bible says he was a head taller than anybody else. He was a tall man, big, broad shoulders. He had the finest armor that a king could, be, could have. He was trained and skillful in his warrior fighting. He should have been the one to go out there, but he didn't. He was scared and intimidated like everybody else. Finally, there's somebody bigger than him. Finally, somebody's out talking to him. They said, hey, king, there's, there's somebody here who wants to fight. And the king's like, all right, send them in. Let me meet them. And the king's sitting there waiting for the rock to walk in. You know, he's, ready. he's waiting for the rock to walk in. Instead, it's a, it's a little teenage guy. He's like, whoa, you're not the rock. And you're not the king. All right, anyway, you can imagine. He's like, can you smell what Goliath's got cooking? I mean, he, I can imagine David walking in and the king being like, wow, this is what he's trying to fight. And immediately David has to start pleading his case. David has to tell him, remind him, hey, I defeated the lion, I defeated the bear. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 37. This is David's response to the king, the Lord who what? Rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue. I love that faith. He will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you, my son. Go. Go on out of here. It's all right. It says that God will rescue me. That was David's response. I've been doing something. I haven't just, I know you guys have been out here hiding, but just until you know, I was taking care of my father's sheep and I wasn't just out there and I had to face some battles while I was there. I had to take on the lion and I had to take on the bear and I defeated both of them, king. I know that God will rescue me again and God will help me face this next giant. You can do that. Listen, when you fight the lion and you defeat the lion and the bear, you can face Goliath with confidence. We're like, this boy is cocky. This boy is full of confidence. You can do that when you've had been through some battles in your life. And just because everybody hasn't seen you fight your battles doesn't mean you haven't been fighting your battles. Many of you have been fighting them and nobody knew. Dave was fighting these battles and probably nobody besides his dad knew about it. David remembers his victories, just not his defeats. Now, I'm just going to take a, a wild guess. We don't know. This is just my opinion. But I'm going to guess David had some defeats in his life. I'm going to guess maybe he, the lion got away with a few sheep. Maybe a bear got away with a few sheep. But he doesn't talk about any of those. What he reminds himself of and he reminds the king of is I defeated the lion and I defeated the bear. See, when you're facing your problem and your giant, you don't go around remembering times of defeat. You remember times of victory. You encourage yourself in times of victory. God will rescue me. God will deliver me. When the chiefs get close to the Super Bowl the first time after 50 years, I've watched it. And a lot of my friends who are Chiefs fans will be like, the fourth quarter, you got a lead, and they're already giving up. They're, All right, it's fourth quarter. We're going to blow it. We're going to figure out a way to blow it. And I'm like, what? you got the lead. You played home. You got the, 
the best young quarterback in fo- football, and you are already giving up. Why? Because after years and years of defeat, sometimes it's hard to get it out of your head. And many of us, that translates every day in life. Some of you have been allowing yourself to walk around defeated. You've allowed yourself to walk around overwhelmed by your problems year after year. And when God wants to do something in your life, you're like, well, I'm going to find a way to blow it. I'm going to find a way to blow this. No, God wants to rescue you in your time of despair. God specializes in rescuing you. David remembers how God showed up in his life and he rescued me. You may feel like you're defeated right now, but go back and remember that God has got you here and you're still standing today. You may feel defeated when you walked in, but I'm here to tell you, you're still here and you're not defeated. And God can rescue you again. Look at this statement. Feeling defeated is not final. It's not. Just because you feel defeated doesn't mean you are defeated. You serve a victorious God. And how many times have I taught you over the years, your feelings will lie to you. They're real. I really feel defeated. I don't doubt that. They're real. There's times I've felt defeated in my life. But I have to remind myself, just because I feel defeated, doesn't mean I am defeated. And God specializes when things are at their darkest hour. God specializes in doing something great. The same God is alive and working today that was working for David. The same God that we talked about on the three Hebrew children, God is alive today. The same God we talked about with Esther is alive today. The same God that worked with Abraham and Sarah is alive today. The same God that worked with Jonah is alive today. Our God loves to show up late. You know, he shows up late to us, but it's just on time to him. And I love it that Jesus was born. The Bible says that in the middle of the night, Jesus was born. He came to the shepherds on the hill. And all this happens. And Jesus is born in the darkest of the hour in a stable. Because I believe that really is a foreshadowing of what he does in our life. That Jesus loves to show up in our darkest hour and bring a stable to our unstable situation. He loves to show up. That's why the Bible's full of the promises of God that weeping lasts through the night, but joy returns in the morning. God says that he shows up when we least expect it. He turns my morning into dancing again. That God restores the brokenhearted. He pulls near to us. Why? Because he specializes. And just because you may feel defeated doesn't mean you are defeated. God still wants to show up, show out, and rescue your life. Somebody needs to remember that again today. Somebody needs to remember yourself and remind yourself today that God is still the living God. He's still the undefeated God, and he's still the God who rescues me. If he rescued me before, he'll rescue me again. Some people walk in today already defeated. In your mind, you already walked in. You've already given up. You've already said, I'm defeated. Throw up your hands. Listen, only time you throw up your hands and say, God, I give control over to you because you can rescue me. God, you can take control of this problem. I throw up my hands and give it to the Lord. He says, it's about time. Now I can move. Some people walked in today already defeated, but I want you to walk out full of hope. How do we do that? And number three, respond in faith. You gotta respond in faith. David goes out 
with only his slingshot and no armor. Think about that one, right? Goliath's skilled, and David shows up with just a slingshot and his armor. Goliath starts mocking David. Really? You're bringing this boy out here to fight me? I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm the, I'm the giant, and you're bringing out this peasant boy to fight me. He starts mocking God, mocking the boy. Look how David responds. And I, I love this. 1745, and I skipped 46 because we have mixed company, but it was pretty, pretty cool. But anyway, you can go back and read that verse if you want to. But 45 and 47, look what it says. David replied to the Philistine, and I don't know about you, but when I read this, I just kind of envision, you know, Mel Gibson and Braveheart. This is kind of reminds me of. David replied, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. And from this day, but no, not with the sword and the spear. This is the Lord's battle. I love this. This is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. This is the Lord's battle. How do I walk in faith? This is the Lord's battle. How do I get past a defeated mindset? This is the Lord's battle. How do I get rid of the burden? This is the Lord's battle. God, you're carrying it for me. God, you will rescue it for me. God, you will cause all things to turn around for my good. I give it over to the Lord. David remembers, hey, you know what? God delivered me. This is God's battle. and He'll do it again. Isn't it amazing that David was probably the only one that woke up that morning not expecting to face the giant? Just another normal morning. Get up. Hey, Dave, before you, you take care of the sheep, take that off. I'll, I'll have someone else do that. Take his food on down to your brothers and give me a report on how the battle's going. He gets down there. All of a sudden, Goliath's mouthing off, yelling. He didn't know that when he got up that morning he was going to face his biggest giant. He didn't know when he got up that morning he was going to be facing this big problem. He didn't know that he'd be the only one with the backbone to stand up for what was right. He didn't know he'd be the only one that would stand up for against someone who's mocking the Lord. It was just going to be another normal day for him. And now he finds himself. That's, many times that's the way it happens. We didn't see it coming. We didn't see the giant on his way. We didn't see it happening, but it happened. And if you wait to prepare, and when you see your giant, you've waited too long. The reason why David was able to do this, he was prepared before he ever got there. Look at this statement. The things you do when nobody's looking is what prepares you to face your giant. What do you do? He's back there taking care of the sheep. I may mean, might as well take a sling with you and, and hone in my accuracy. Let me see what I can hit from 20 yards. Let me hit, see what I can hit from 30 yards. Let me see if I can knock that off. I, I'm sure he's out there playing games all the time, passing the time, getting better and better and better. And when King Saul said, David, take my armor, he's like, dude, I can't, I can't be me in your armor. Listen, you can't carry my armor, and I can't carry your armor. But I can be me, and you can be you. Because that's where God's anointed us to be. I can't be T.D. Jakes. I mean, who, who wouldn't want a priest like that? Get ready, get ready, get ready. I mean, I would love that. I can't be Joe Olstein. God bless you. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the I can't do that. That's not me. 
Nothing against those guys. I, I'm not the, I gotta be me. And when I'm me, God uses me. And when you're you, God uses you. I'm come on, thank you. I'm gonna preach that. Just be yourself and let God use you. The things you do when nobody's looking is what prepares you. He was out there skillfully. You know, he stopped, the Bible says he stopped and got the smooth stone. Why was that important? Because he was so knowledgeable about the accuracy of his rocks. And he's like, there's not a lot of room here. I gotta be, I gotta be right on target. And the target's really small. I gotta make sure I have an aerodynamic rock with smooth so that it's deadly accurate. The Bible says, now we, we think of a slingshot, we think of someone pulling back a slingshot we got at Christmas in fourth grade. No, no, that's not, not it. This kind of slingshot would have been a long piece of leather that you put it in and you would whip it around with velocity and let it release it with accuracy. It took a lot of skill. But man, it would, it would travel with a power and velocity even of a gun. It was that powerful. And he, he had learned that by out there practicing. He learned to be faithful. He had learned to wait his turn when he was not asked to go to battle. You stay here and take care of the sheep. You stay here and work the DoorDash. It'd been easy to be mad and bitter, wouldn't it? If he'd have been mad and bitter, he never would have. He never would have faced the giant that day the way he needed to. But because he was humble, because he honored his father and he honored the Lord, he was ready. He was ready. When he woke up that day, he didn't know what he was going to face, but he was ready. Tomorrow, you're not going to know what giants are going to, you're going to face in your life, but are, are you ready? The things you do when no one's looking prepares you for the giants you're going to face when you don't see them coming. Jesus said he who is faithful over the little things will be faithful with much. How you steward the little things matters to the Lord. How you steward your life matters to the Lord. How you steward your finances matters to the Lord. How you steward your time matters to the Lord. How you steward your spiritual life, it matters to God. I love it that David runs to the battle. I said David ran to the battle. Maybe he knew something we didn't. I hadn't seen this guy run yet. He's been blowing a lot of hot air and that armor is big and heavy. How about I just run and he won't be able to do anything. He's going to be cut off guard. I mean, David runs to the Goliath. He runs to the battle. He runs to the giant. In a world full of Israelites, scared. In a world full of Israelites, not doing anything. How about we be a David and run to the battle? How about we be a David and run and say, God is for me, who can be against me? Remind yourself who the real giant is in your life. Remember your victories. That God is the God who rescues me. I want you to bow your heads today as we remember that all of God's promises are yes and amen. As you bow your head, I want to ask you the question. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I want to be a follower of him. I don't know how to do that, but I know God's calling me this morning. I've been thinking about it for a while. Today I'm ready. Today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. The Bible says we must believe it, that he's Lord. We must confess it with our mouth. Now, I'm gonna lead those in a prayer who wanna pray that prayer. The prayer is not what saves us. It's the believing it's God. But the prayer allows us to 
communicate to God what we're feeling in our heart today. So what I want you to do today, if not anybody looking, I'm not gonna embarrass you or single you out, but what I want you to do, if you're ready to say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, I'm ready to follow him, that's you. Nobody else is looking but me. Can you just raise your hand where you're sitting? Let me know. That's me, Pastor. I'm ready to surrender. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you for those hands. Great. So what we're going to do, if you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me out loud. And Christians around you, we'll say it with you to help you out. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer from your heart and meant it today, we say, welcome to the family of God. Come on, give him a big hand clap. Yeah, what an awesome day.